0: This sermon is titled, Messiah, be enriched as you listen. This morning, I just want us to take a few moments to think about Jesus in the context of this word, Messiah. So the title of the message, message this morning is very simple, it's Messiah. I want to reflect on Jesus as Messiah, this Christmas season, as we Think about the birth of Jesus. We're going to focus this morning on this word, Messiah. The word Messiah simply means anointed one. You know, the word, it comes from a Hebrew word, the root word, which simply means to anoint, to smear oil. And so Messiah simply means anointed one. Somebody who is appointed and anointed by God for a purpose. Messiah is the Hebrew word coming from the Hebrew word. The equivalent Greek word is Christ in in English or Christos in Greek, in English, Christ. So when we say Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name, it simply means we are saying Jesus is the Messiah. That's what we're saying when you say Jesus. Christ, Jesus the Messiah. That's what we are saying. Jesus is the Messiah. So, what about the Messiah? I want to spend some time just looking or reflecting on scripture on that. Starting from the book of Genesis and all through the Old Testament, God kept speaking repeatedly through either directly or through the prophets, saying, a Messiah is coming. The appointed and anointed one is coming. So throughout the Old Testament, starting from Genesis three, when God said, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Speaking ahead of time, somebody is coming. He's going to crush the head of the serpent. Through Jacob, he said, Shiloh is coming. We spent some time on that a couple of Sundays ago. The lawgiver and the ruler, Shiloh is coming. And to him, all the obedience of the people will be. They will submit to him. He's coming. Shiloh is coming. Through Moses, Moses said, God will raise up a prophet like me. But you got to listen to him. Listen to that prophet, that one whom God is going to raise. And so on, as we journey through the Old Testament, people are speaking over and over again about this Messiah, this appointed and anointed one whom God will send. And there are many, many prophecies, and I'll just mention a few of them. In the book of Psalms, there are, let me first mention about Micah, 700 years before Jesus was actually born, Micah said, Out of you, O Bethlehem. So he names the town. Out of you, O Bethlehem, will come this one who is actually the ruler, who actually is from eternity. Out of you, Bethlehem, will come. Zechariah said, your king will come riding into you, Jerusalem, on a donkey. Some more details. He'll be born in Bethlehem. He'll be, he'll be called out of Egypt. He'll be raised up in Nazareth. He comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey about his death. The psalmist spoke. He'll be betrayed by his own friend. He will see people. Casting lots for his own clothes. And Isaiah made many prophecies. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die such a death that we can't even recognize his appearance. His visage will be so marred. He's going to die such a death. But the prophet, David, in, in, the, in the Psalms, he says, but not one of his bones will be broken. So you can imagine... So many details about the Messiah. Daniel probably took it one step further. Daniel said, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 23 to 27, he said, 483 years after the decree to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, the Messiah will be crucified or cut off. He gave the number of years. 483 years. Imagine. From the time the decree, King Cyrus issued the decree. to go and rebuild Jerusalem. Till the Messiah will be cut off or killed or crucified. He gave the number of years. So when you put all these prophecies together, it's amazing that the prophets foretold and gave various details about this appointed and anointed one Whom God was going to send. And yet it seemed like a big puzzle. So you can have all the pieces of the puzzle. But if you are not able to put them all together. You still don't know what the final picture looks like. And so while all these pieces were there in the scriptures. It seemed like. The people couldn't put them all together and get a picture of who the Messiah really would be. What will he look like? Now, mathematicians have looked at these prophecies. And some of them have calculated the probability of some of these prophecies being fulfilled. And if you put all these prophecies together... And you calculate, you determine, what is the probability that one human person, one person born on this planet, is going to fulfill all of these prophecies. I don't know what the final number was, but it was like one in ten raised to sixty-something. Meaning, forget it. It's not going to happen. It's, it's almost improbable. That one human person will fulfill all these details. You've got to be born in Bethlehem. You've got to go to Egypt. You've got to be raised up in Nazareth. You've got to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. If it's 29, disqualified. If it's 31, disqualified. Because the prophet said, you're going to be sold for 30, you're going to be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And with those 30 pieces of silver, a land is going to be bought. All those details already foretold. The probability that one person in history would fulfill all these prophecies is just improbably. Cannot happen. Almost. And so it was so difficult for people to imagine. What is Messiah going to be like? We know they've been telling us a Messiah is coming. An anointed one is coming. What's he going to look like? It's very hard. Now, a question that you and I can ask is, you know, why does this matter to me? Why is the Messiah of any importance to me? because God was speaking to the Jews. These prophets were prophesying to the Jewish people, saying, Messiah is coming, Messiah is coming. You and I are sitting in India. What does it matter? Matters a lot. Because the same prophets said, actually, when God called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm calling you, but through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Many Abraham, this plan isn't just for you. This plan isn't just for the Jews. It's for all the families of the earth. God said, Abraham, through your seed, singular, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now it's Abraham. I've got a plan, but it's for the nations. The prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 42, about this Messiah. He referred to him as the servant. He said, My servant is coming, and he is going to be a light to the Gentiles, meaning to all the nations. It's not just for Israel, it's not just for the Jews. This Messiah is going to be a light. To the nations, to the Gentiles. And he's going to open prison doors. He's going to set the prisoners free. Why does this Messiah matter? Isaiah said in Isaiah 52. Because he's going to sprinkle the nations. His blood is going to be shed. Not just for the Jews. But for the nations. He said, All of us like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned to our own sinful ways, but God laid upon him the iniquity of us all, meaning all our sins were put upon this Messiah. Why does the Messiah matter? Because what he did, he did for all people, for all nations, for all time. So that's why the Messiah is important, not just for the Jews but for you and me. So on that first night, Christmas night, when Jesus was born, when the Messiah came, what did the angel announce to the shepherds? The angel told the shepherds, for to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, the Messiah, and Lord. So you can imagine now, people know they have bits and pieces. They, you know, they probably have one piece of a puzzle. And they say, Messiah, the prophet said, Messiah is coming. And here to the shepherds, the angel is saying, this day in the city of David is born A Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, and Lord. Three titles the angels used. He is Savior, He is Messiah, He is Lord. Go, go see. So the news was out. The Messiah has come. The Messiah has come. But try to imagine if you and I were living there at that time, would we have recognized the Messiah? I don't know what our expectation would have been. Oh, he's going to come. Maybe he's born in royalty. Maybe he's born very powerful, rich, influential. But here came the Messiah. Born in a small town in Bethlehem, born in a manger, born in an ordinary family, a carpenter's family, taken away to Egypt for some time, brought back to Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth as a carpenter's son, learning carpentry. Messiah, anybody? Not him. They're looking for a Messiah, maybe in the palace, maybe very powerful, maybe influential. Somebody can overthrow the government, the Roman government, somebody who can take on Caesar, somebody like that. Carpenter's son? No. So the question is, how did the disciples recognize the Messiah? How could they tell? Why did they follow I mean imagine they gave up their jobs. They gave up everything and they're following a carpenter. A fisherman following a carpenter. Makes no sense. How did they recognize the Messiah? And if you study scripture, you can come to these conclusions. Number one. Some of them followed Jesus because it was revealed by God to them. God revealed it. So the shepherds, for example. The angels came and told them, hey, unto you was born this day in the city of David a savior, the Messiah. The Lord. So the angels revealed. Brought them a message. To John the Baptist Who was a forerunner God said John I want you to do something I want you to start baptizing people Get them in the pool I mean not the pool Get them into the river Jordan Immerse them Start baptizing people Of course they have to come Because of their repent But I want you to keep your eyes open When you baptize them Because the one on whom you see My spirit descending. He is the anointed one. So people ask John, why are you baptizing? What's, what's, all? What's, what's up with this? What are you doing? And John explained, the one who sent me he told me that the one on whom the Holy Spirit descends he is the Messiah. So imagine now when Jesus is born His parents take him to the temple, as the custom was in those days, about the age of 12 or something, they're taking him to the temple to dedicate him. And the Bible says, there was a man called Simeon, a very devout man, and the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon. Now, try to imagine this, and I'm going to exaggerate a lot. Imagine that particular day. There were twenty-five families waiting to do baby dedica- child ded- dedication of their children. Just imagine. I don't know. So just imagine twenty-five families. We want to dedicate our son, or you know, the firstborn. Simeon's walking into the temple that morning. At that moment, Mary and Joseph are there. Oops, I need a tissue. This is a different kind of a <laughs> All right, no issues. So, so, imagine there are 25 families coming to dedicate their firstborn. And Simeon comes into the temple. The Holy Spirit has told Simeon, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah. He comes in. And somehow, out of all those people who had brought their firstborn to be dedicated, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus. And Simeon says, O Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. For my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. And then he goes on and says, this child will be a light to the Gentiles. He's quoting what the prophets have spoken. How did Simeon know? How did Simeon know that this child was the Messiah? It was revealed to him. And can you imagine? At that same moment, there is another prophetess. Her name is Anna. She practically lived in the temple. So she's probably seen so many families bring their firstborn to be dedicated, and years have gone. But on that particular day, at that particular moment, she's coming into the temple, And she sees Mary Joseph with their son Jesus. And she tells everybody this is the Messiah. How did she know? It was revealed. It was revealed to her. So there were some people to whom God revealed. Peter. So one day... Jesus asks his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? And some people are saying, You're John the Baptist. You're this, you're that. So Jesus asks them, Whom do you say that I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. We know. And Jesus tells Peter, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. I mean, Peter, the reason you know this it is because God revealed it to you. And may God give each one of us that revelation to know that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? That only God can open our hearts, open the eyes of our inner person to see that this Jesus is the Messiah. Now, we also see that some people recognize Jesus as Messiah because of the miracles he did. Nathaniel, for instance, when, you know, when Philip brings Nathaniel to Jesus, and Jesus, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And he says, you are the Messiah. How did you know that? And the Bible says many believed in Jesus because they saw the miracles he did. So that was another reason why people... Believed in Jesus. And a third reason we see as we progress a little later. Jesus tells the, the educated people, the, the religious leaders. He says, search the scriptures because they are they which speak of me. In other words, look, all these scriptures are pointing to me. Can't you see? And after his resurrection, when he's walking with his disciples on the road to Emmaus, he explains to them, starting from Genesis, and he all takes them through the Old Testament, and he explains to them all the scriptures that were pointing to him. So the third reason why, which eventually people came to understand that this Jesus is the Messiah, is they began to connect the dots, so to speak. That means they began to see that all these scriptures which the Old Testament prophets had prophesied We're all being fulfilled in Jesus. So, may God give us a revelation of Jesus as Messiah. And may we also see through the scriptures that Jesus indeed is the Messiah. And that was the assignment of the early church. When the early church started preaching, they had to preach that this Jesus is indeed the Messiah. And that's what we see, Peter, in his very first sermon. He quotes David and says, hey, remember David said this, this, this. It's fulfilled in Jesus, chapter 2 of Acts. In chapter 3 of Acts, he once again says, look, this is what the prophet said, fulfilled in Jesus. And the preaching of Peter and Paul, if you look at it, what they were saying is, whatever the prophet spoke about, they're all fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. That was their preaching. So, what does it mean for you and me today? We must understand that Jesus is our Messiah. He's Messiah in your life and mine. He is the anointed and appointed one for you, for me. Messiah came to be our Savior and Lord. And let me just remind us, of some of the things the scriptures say the Messiah came to do. What did the Messiah come to do? He came, as Isaiah says in Isaiah 42, he came to open prison doors. For whom? For all? For the Gentiles? Everyone he kept open prison doors. Is there anyone here? You find yourself in a prison, a prison of fear, a prison of anxiety. Prison of doubt or prison of whatever. What is imprisoning you? The Messiah came to open prison doors. When Jesus began his ministry, he announced that he is the Messiah, the anointed one. He turned to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 61. And there the uh, prophet Isaiah said, The spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's anointed one. So Jesus said, hello, I am that person. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. As Isaiah said, the anointed one is coming. I'm standing here saying it's fulfilled. And he went on to say what the Messiah would do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to, he- to proclaim good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to open blind eyes, to set at liberty those who are being oppressed, To proclaim the year of jubilee. It's the year of restoration. That whatever is taken away will be restored. Let's make it simple. He said, I'm standing here as the Messiah. I'm here to give you good news. I'm here to heal your broken heart. I'm here to heal your body. Eyes being opened. I'm here to set you free. If you are in a you, or you're being oppressed by anything. I'm here to bring liberty, give you freedom. I'm here to restore whatever has been taken off from your life. What does the anointed one do? This is what he does. The Messiah does. The apostle Peter, speaking about the Messiah, he says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good and he healed all who are oppressed of the devil because God was with him the anointed one, the Messiah. So he's Messiah for you and me. Say, so Jesus, you're my Messiah. You're my Messiah. What did the Messiah come to do? The prophet Isaiah said, He's talking about the oppression of the enemy, he says, his yoke, his burden will be taken off your shoulder. His yoke will be destroyed because because of the anointed one or the anointing. I mean, it's because of the anointed one. Burdens are removed and yokes are destroyed. Because of the anointed one. What does the Messiah come to do? He comes to remove these things that are heavy on our lives. Is there a burden on your life? He comes to remove it. Is there a yoke, something that's just putting you down? He's come to break it. The Messiah. And the greatest thing is what he did for us on the cross. We know that. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, and again, Isaiah foretells this, the Psalms speak of it. He took upon himself our sins, our sicknesses, our diseases, all that sin brought. He took it on the cross so that we could be forgiven, we could be healed, we could be delivered. That's what the Messiah came to do. Amen? So this is who he came to be. The anointed one. Appointed anointed one. In order to do these things for us. To be our Savior and Lord. So will you receive Christ? If you've never done this. If you've never done this before in your life. I want to just present this to you. Based on what the Bible says. That the Messiah... The one sent from God. He came for you. Came for me. Came for all of us. And each one of us need to make that choice to receive. Receive. I want to close with this. That the Messiah is coming again. The Messiah is coming again. Worship team, please come. The prophet Daniel, amazing prophecies about the Messiah. In Daniel 9, as I mentioned, he said very clearly, 483 years after the decree to go and rebuild Jerusalem, the Messiah will be crucified. Amazing prophecy. Skeptics and people who want to criticize the Bible, they find it so hard that Daniel actually prophesied like this. They think it was written after it happened, but actually Daniel spoke it hundreds of years before it happened, and they can't believe it. They can't accept it. But that's Bible prophecy. It's God giving us history in advance. And just as Daniel spoke, it took place. But Daniel also said in Daniel chapter 7 he had a vision and in Daniel 7 he says I see the ancient of days and I see the son of man coming before the ancient of days and to him is handed all the kingdoms of the earth and he and his saints Will rule and reign. This is in Daniel chapter 7. And when the Lord Jesus walked on this earth. He used that same title which Daniel used. The son of man. He used Daniel's title for himself. So all the Jews knew. Oh. Daniel said the son of man. This Jesus is using that same title for himself. And he told all of his listeners, his audience, you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. In other words, what Daniel spoke about, that's me. Now, if you are a logical thinker, you look at the first set of prophecies which we said the probability of that all those prophecies being fulfilled by one man in history is, is just impossible almost and yet this Jesus was that one person who fulfilled all these prophecies he did it in this one individual's life, everything the prophet spoke about were fulfilled. Just think about this. And if he said, he's coming back to fulfill the rest of them, better hurry up and believe it. There's no way he's going to miss out on the rest of it. There's no way that the remainder of the prophecies, which are speaking about Him coming back as King to rule and reign on earth, there's no way those will remain unfulfilled. If He fulfilled all those prophecies spread over a 4,000-year period, He fulfilled them, and the rest of the prophecies He's coming back to fulfill. You can be sure of that. Time's running out. And I'm not trying to predict when Christ is coming, but just thinking of of things very logically. We're close, somewhere close to the end of 2,000 years since Christ came first somewhere there very close to his coming again so this same Jesus whom the prophets spoke about and said the Messiah is coming the prophets also said the son of man will come to receive a kingdom for himself where he will rule and reign on the earth With his saints. The same Messiah is coming. And we must be ready. Amen. Let's rise to our feet, please. We're going to pray for a few things this morning. First of all, if there's anyone here Or maybe those of you watching online. If you've never embraced Jesus the Messiah as your Savior and Lord. And if you want to, you can examine the Old Testament Scriptures. You can look at all the prophecies. I only mentioned a few. But there are several. Which were all fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. One person in the history of Humanity, who fulfilled them. You can examine it. But you've got to make a decision. Do you believe? Are you going to believe in the one whom God sent? The one who died for us on the cross, who was buried, who rose up again, who's alive today. Are you going to believe? Are you going to receive? Or are you going to reject? That's your decision. But you've got to make a decision. The Bible said, He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to as many as who received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. So, that's the first prayer we want to pray. To give an invitation to anybody here. If you've never received Jesus. Never received Jesus the Messiah. Jesus Christ, into your life. If you've never done that before, you can make that decision right here, right now. I will lead us in a simple prayer. And if you've never done that before and you feel prompted in your heart to do that this morning, then please just join me in this prayer. Just repeat this prayer with me. A very simple prayer, but it's an expression of your decision that you are believing in this Jesus, the Messiah. Say this with me, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins, that you were buried, you rose up again. I ask you to come into my life, be my savior. Be my lord and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life and i pray this in jesus name amen 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 the bible tells us there is great rejoicing in heaven even over one person, even over one person who turns to God, there's great rejoicing. And so we want to rejoice with you. If you made that decision for the first time in your life right here this morning, would you wave your, hand, wave your hand towards me? Anyone here? You made that decision this morning. You prayed that prayer with me for the very first time. Just wave your hand. Anybody here? You did that for the first time. Not to embarrass you. We just want to re- re- celebrate with you. Anybody here? You pray that prayer with me for the very first time. Just wave your hands. Okay, I don't see any hands. But if you did, if you pray that prayer, we want to give you what we call as a new believers bag. We have some free resources in that bag. We want you to receive that ticket with you. And there's a card there that you could write your name and number, give it back, so that somebody can call you and give you some guidance on how to use the resources that are in the bag. So if you pray that prayer with me, please make sure you receive that bag before you go. The second thing we're going to do now is we're going to pray. And Jesus, the Messiah, is not just a historical figure. It's not just something in the Bible. But he is Messiah for you and me today. He will do for you and me today everything he did for people in the bible like we said the messiah came to heal the broken hearted he came to set captives free he came to heal us he came to forgive us he came to deliver us he came to work in our lives be our savior be our lord and so i'm just going to take a moment to pray we're going to worship and then we're going to pray And during that time of prayer, you just say, Messiah, Lord Jesus, my Messiah, work in my life. Whatever it is that you need him to do in your life, ask him to do it. We're going to sing, and then I'm going to be back, and we're going to pray that together.
1: You deserve the glory and the honor. we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. As we lift our hands in worship, as we lift
0: Lord Jesus, we declare that you are the Messiah. You are the one appointed and anointed. And it's as the anointed one, the Messiah. You remove burdens. You destroy yokes. You still work miracles because you're the Messiah, our Savior, our Lord you still heal the broken hearted you still set the oppressed free you still open prison doors you are still the Messiah and so Lord we pray over people present here in the auditorium there may be those watching online Lord that whatever Each one's need is. that you will meet us at our point of need. That your anointing, you the anointed one, Lord, remove every burden of oppression, every yoke of oppression. Let it fall off of our lives. And in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Satan, we come against you. Every foul spirit, unclean spirit, I take authority over you and I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity, I command you in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, to leave. Every tormenting, oppressing spirit, every spirit of addiction, leave in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Let people be set free. Let bondages, yokes be destroyed. Let oppressions and depression and anxiety and torment leave in the mighty name of Jesus the Messiah. And Lord, let your healing words of flow. Let your healing anointing flow. Healing us in our bodies, our minds. Because you are the anointed one. You are the one appointed. So in your name, let there be healing. Let's receive. If you have problems in your back, just lay your hand your back, your hip. Say, Lord, heal me. Just believe. As we heard this morning, just keep simple, simple faith. Simple faith. Lord, I receive healing. My back, I receive healing or whatever injury you may have. Lord Jesus, let your healing virtue flow, making people whole, making people well. We thank you, O God. Thank you. From the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. Let your healing anointing flow. Healing, delivering making people whole. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. We worship you. You are our healer. You are our deliverer. You are our Prince of Peace worship you. Thank you, Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcw.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore
1: app from the Apple or Google Play Store.